0: Lock Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Yeah. Woo. Let's go. Y'all need to sit back, listen, enjoy the ride. Tip something, light it up, enjoy the ride. Because the Sports City Chefs is on the night. In the kitchen cooking up, they on the rise. Sport city, sport city, chefs, chefs, sport city, sport city, chefs, sports city, sport city, sports city, chef, chef. sport city, ship. Yes, we got a brand new present. Joe biden, we riding, I pray you heaven sent. Word from the wise, my people stay ahead of. Come on. I've been relevant, trying to survive the elements. It ain't no love in these streets, these dudes telling me Case goes from cold to hot, state evident. Uh. Connecticut, indeed, is where a lot of our chefs come from Welcome in, Sports City But you know, we go coast to coast, border to border All the ships at sea and even across the pond We had our guy back on uh, on Tuesday night on the NFL front office show right Rod from, uh, from the UK So we got chefs all over the place What's up, Sports City? Welcome to... Another episode of Roundtable Gumbo. I'm hoping that Mr. T.P. Timeless will make it in tonight and be able to join me for part of the show. So we're going to talk for a little bit about things going on in the world of sports and see if he is able to show up. Uh, otherwise, I'm not going to take too much of you guys' time. Sports City, but not being able to be here last week with a couple things going on, I just wanted to pop in, serve up a little spice, a little gumbo for, uh, for everybody in Sports City. You know how we do. Get, keep things spicy at times in this kitchen, So, or as TP Thomas likes to say, in this doggone kitchen. So welcome in Sports City to Roundtable Gumbo, another night of spice as always. Uh, so real quick, I want to hit a couple of things. First of all, shout out to PHI Apparel. Check them out at phiapparel.co. Uh, use the promo code at Chefs at checkout for 15% off. Listen, I know the Phillies just got knocked off, and I know the 76ers are looking back tonight against the Bucks. Eagles still playing well, though. Uh, Phillies made a deep playoff run, and they're going to be back again next year. you got Bryce Harper there for years and Trey Turner. So if you want to get those jerseys, uh, if you want to get the Zach Wheeler jersey because it looks like he's going to be around for a while, uh, you know, if you've got a uh, – if you've got a friend that's a Philly fan and you really feel like blowing the money and, uh, you know, giving him a gag gift, send him a Greg Kimball jersey since he blew a couple of games for him. Anyway, phiapparel.co, listen, they got unique designs uh, and, and, like, a nice custom clean look, so you're sure to stand out in the crowd if you go shop there at Tom Sports City Chefs, sent you just by putting that promo code CHEFS in it, check out, get yourself 15% off there from phiapparel.co. Big thanks to those guys. Big thanks to all the other chefs that do some cooking in the kitchen. Big breaking news, Brian Hughes, T P. Timeless, of course. Uh without him I wouldn't be here with you guys. Serious Aaron Simmons hosting the NFL front office show on Tuesday nights. Uh big brother Royce, who hosts uh basketball shows on Monday night and Friday as well. So shout out to him. Uh special shout out to my partner Chandler Knight. I hope to have him back soon. Uh It sucks that he's been out and hasn't been able to come on for a little while. But hopefully he'll be back soon and we'll be able to do this show again together. Once again, hoping maybe TP can show up tonight. We'll see uh, how that works out. Got a Thursday night football going on. Thursday night football game going on with Buffalo and Miami. I'm sorry, Buffalo and Tampa. Big difference there. Buffalo and Tampa playing tonight. Buffalo trying to bounce back from an ugly loss on Sunday against the New England Patriots, uh, who have not looked good for the last several weeks. Of course, that – sometimes the best remedy is to get back on the field as soon as possible. So, uh, that's happening. Everybody in the the NBA has now played a game, well, minus uh, Philadelphia and Milwaukee, who are at halftime of their opening game of the season. Milwaukee playing well in the first half of that game against the Philadelphia 76ers. But we had two games on opening night on Tuesday night. Uh, The Lakers and the Nuggets, kind of a lot of trash talk back and forth between the two teams this season. Uh, Nuggets showed why they're the defending champions on ring night. They get a 14-point win over the Lakers. It's a game in which the Lakers were able to close it back to single digits in the second quarter and then got it to three at one point in the four. Uh, But – Denver played well. Another triple-double from Jokic. Uh, You know, Michael Porter didn't have his shot falling, but he hit a couple shots, but he did a lot of other things well uh, in that game. That's a good Denver basketball team. They're deep. It's going to be interesting to see them throughout the year. Uh, You know, some people question whether or not Jokic is the best player in the world right now. So, um, I don't know if I'd go that far, but super, super talented. So, we will see. And then in the second game, the Phoenix Suns went into Golden State and won that. Basketball game, highly contested game, competitive on both sides. Uh, So, I mean, those two teams didn't do anything to dissuade the fact that they are going to be heard from uh, in the Western Conference. I want to talk about that here in just a minute. And then tonight, the second game tonight is the Lakers and the Suns. The Lakers uh, with their home opener uh, against the Phoenix Suns tonight, who I guess, uh, you know, two straight road games uh, to start their season. So, uh, if they can go 2-0, that would be big for them to start the year. Uh, the other 24 teams in the league all played last night. Uh, just sort of some highlights. Uh, T.P. Thomas is a Thunder fan. They went into Chicago and won last night. Orlando won big over Houston. Last night, the Pacers beat the Wizards in a game that not much defense at all was played, and the uh, score was 143-120. to 120. Uh the Celtics beat the Knicks um, in a close basketball game. Just kinda like title contenders and uh the Clippers won big. Uh last night over Portland. Uh, Dallas was able to close in San Antonio in a game in which uh Victor Yama got into foul trouble, but you can see there's some special skills there. Uh but Dallas wins in San Antonio last night. Centerland up there, Houston. New Orleans uh, wins in Memphis last night. Vine had a couple of rim-rocking dunks. Um, had a decent game there. Uh, big win for New Orleans on the road against the division foe, uh, winning in Memphis last night. Uh, Sacramento, number three seed in the playoffs last year, went into Utah. Shot the lights out, really. They shot, About 50% of their shots from the field were three balls last night. Harrison Barnes was a big game. Went for 33 last night. Uh, Minnesota lost a close game. Uh, I'm trying to think other games around the league that took place last night. I mean, everybody pretty much in action. Atlanta lost at Charlotte. Not looking at all the scores in front of me, but you know, a, a full slate of games. Uh, in the NBA last night, and so, you know, these teams are going to be opening up, getting a couple games in as we go throughout the weekend. Uh, we'll talk about that even more. On Sunday, kind of hit the NBA, and, of course, you know, as we progress through college football season in uh, the NFL, we will be spending more and more time uh, on the NBA. But uh, it's, it's nice to see the ball. Uh, bouncing again, hear that sound. Nothing quite like the sound of uh, of the net on a jump shot or, uh, you know, the sound of a rim rocking dunk. Uh, nothing quite like it at all. So I'm glad to have uh, basketball back. Uh, college will be getting kicked off pretty soon as well. Uh, on the women's side, LSU is ranked number one. UConn's right there. Uh, Iowa, with Caitlin Clark, is ranked in the top three. I think they're ranked number three again for second year. row. South Carolina is up there. Uh, I think Notre Dame's up there as well. Uh, there's, there's a lot of good teams in women's basketball on the men's side. Uh, Kansas ranked pretty high. Yeah, uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this season turns out, but uh, basketball season means burn months. Uh, as you start to get to the end of that second burn month, as TP likes to call them, get halfway through them, basketballs start flying around again, sneakers start squeaking. We got basketball season. And of course, for me, that means wrestling season's on the way too. Just following Iowa State wrestling offs and all that. So um, got all that going on as well. So excited to... You know that that's the one thing that uh, sort of helps me get through the cold months. I, I'm gonna tell you, Sports City. I grew up in the South. Uh, represent uh, Louisiana, New Orleans, uh, Mississippi as well. You hear TP mention me uh, in the Midwest region of the United States by way of uh, the Southern region, <laughs> uh, and my first adult home in Tennessee as well. But just representing the South. Uh, Living up here in the Midwest, up north, uh, that cold is different. I know a lot of the other chefs do already know this being from the East Coast. but that cold's different. I'm going to tell you, man, when, when, when the wintertime comes around, oftentimes I question every decision I ever made in my life, sports city. But I do enjoy basketball, I enjoy college wrestling, so those are the kind of the seasons that the sports that sort of help me through the, the months and keep me interested. You know, as we roll on through, and Sports City man, uh, just as a quick shout, Chandler likes to always tell people this man: if you ever need anybody, uh, feel free reach out, and give a call. Mental health is a real thing, um, so please reach out, uh, find your resources if you if you ever need that. Uh, a lot of times, you know, the holidays are coming up soon. You know, Thanksgiving's right at a month away. Uh, Christmas around the corner after that, so I know a lot of times depression and some of those uh, mental health issues can can sometimes really crop up on a lot of people uh, around the holidays, so please, if you need somebody, reach out. Not even if you're having, uh, you know, you don't have to be you know, in, in severe crisis mode and Something bad be about to happen, but if you're really, really lonely and you just feel like you you, you really need somebody uh, to talk to, please reach out. There are resources and take advantage of those things, please. Um, Okay, so got that disclaimer out of the way. Shout out to my co-host, Chandler Knight, who comes in here with me on Thursday nights, often when he is available. So kind of hit the NBA. Uh, We will see you know, how things shake out. A lot of seasons go, in in the next couple weeks, you will start to see uh, these in-season tournament games. Basically, we got pools where you play everybody in your pool and then they rank them after and top four go to Vegas, I think, or top eight go to Vegas and play at a single elimination for a championship. So uh, kind of an in-season cup. Uh, We've seen that in soccer and other leagues where they have certain cups or trophies that they play for throughout the year. So the hope is that it's going to increase some interest uh, in the season. So they're doing it early because, uh, you know, let's be honest, a lot of people don't really tune into the NBA until around all-star break. It is a long season. Uh, So we will see uh, what happens there. Uh, But the first in-season tournament will be getting kicked off and within the next couple of weeks, you'll start to see these games and all the pool play games count as part of your regular season schedule until you go to Vegas for the single elimination and for the placing games. Those games do not count, I don't believe, in the regular season standing. So uh, this is the first time they're doing this. We'll see what kind of uh, returns we get. It's already kind of got mixed reviews. But that's coming up in the NBA uh, this year. You know, your major title contenders, uh, you know, a lot of people are picking the Celtics. You know, the Celtics are definitely favored in that division, uh, in that, like I guess, Atlantic division with the Nets and the Knicks and the 76ers and the Raptors. I guess they're favored in that division for sure. Uh, you know, you can see a couple other playoff teams for sure coming out. You got the Southeast division where Miami is favored, uh, Miami, Charlotte, Atlanta, Orlando, and – The Wizards, Wizards, once again, not playing defense. But, you know, Jordan Poole's on that team. Uh, Kyle Kuzma. So, see if they can compete at all. And then the Central Division, I guess. um, You know, Milwaukee's definitely your favorites there. The question is, uh, and Cleveland, playoff team from last year. And then the other three teams in that division, Chicago's in the um, play-in. Detroit's there as well. And the Pacers, uh, Halliburton is the real deal. He's really grown a lot. Um, So just kind of reviewing teams as we sort of – but the West is going to be a dogfight. You know, I don't think the Spurs are ready to be a playoff team yet. Uh, You know, maybe if they're good, maybe 30 wins this year, but can they continue to build? They got a lot of young guys there. When I look at the Southwest Division, uh, you know, it starts with the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, you know, the Jobs got the 25 game suspension. They brought in Marcus Smart, but you got them and New Orleans, who, like I said, went in, won that division game on the road last night. The question with New Orleans is always going to be Bi and Zion and their healthiness. Can they stay healthy, and uh, you know, can the other guys on that team continue to contribute? Uh, Trey Murphy shot the ball really well for them last year. He's out due to injury early part in the season, so. Uh, can he get back, hit to threes, and, and do some things to help that team? But New Orleans-Memphis, probably the two uh, best teams in that division, in my opinion. you got the Dallas Mavericks as well, you know, Kyrie and Luka together. And I think these guys are going to score. I don't know how well they're going to be able to defend, though. And then you got Houston with a young talent in San Antonio. I think those are going to be two of the also-rans in the West, but there's going to be some nights that they're going to be still a problem to deal with. Uh, looking at the Northwest Division, I believe it's called. You got Denver, of course, the clear favorite in that division. To me, second best team in that division is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Lots of youth there. We'll see what we got from them. Minnesota, of course, you know, how does this work out with uh, Carl Anthony Towns and with Rudy Gobert? Can they keep Towns on the floor? And then, you know, does Anthony Edwards take another step this year? So those are the three teams in that division that I feel like are pretty surefire playoff teams. We'll see kind of how it shakes out. Then the two also runs in that division. I feel like it's going to be Portland and Utah. But Utah plays a lot of max effort, and they were uh, close in those standings last year. Um, So I believe, you know, they're still going to be – competitive certain nights and you're going to have to show up and really play to beat them uh, because Will Hardy's team does play hard. Uh, one thing I'm really looking forward to, you know, Utah gets John Collins out there, but how does Laurie marketing react this year? Cause he's not sliding under anybody's radar. People are going to be game planning against him when they play the Utah jazz. So, uh, you know, we'll see uh, how that turns out, but I really like uh, for sure three of those teams to be in the playoff picture, and then you go into the Pacific Division, and to me, there's not really a weak team in that division. I mean, you got Sacramento, who, like I said earlier, was the three seed, and then you got the other two, uh, the other three California teams, and the Golden State Warriors, we know what they are. Um, though Draymond Green didn't play the other night, and, you know, we'll see. But, you know, Chris Paul added to that roster. So you got Golden State. you got the two teams in L.A. Kawhi looks to be healthy right now. He and Paul George. Um, so we'll see. Russell Westbrook does seem to be a little bit better fit with that roster. you got the Lakers, who played well after the trade deadline last year, and they brought – Really, pretty much all their pieces back. They lost a couple people off that team. Dennis Schroeder's now in Toronto, I uh, but they added Gabe Benton from the Heat. Uh, they also added Torian Prince, and uh, they added Cam Reddish for to replace a couple of guys they lost. But they brought back Rudy Hatchimura. They brought back D'Angelo Russell. Uh, you know, Hattonilla going to be off the bench right now. It looks like Torian Prince. This may change as far as the lineup goes for them uh, as they start to get people back, but you had LeBron, you had Anthony Davis in that starting lineup, and D'Angelo Russell uh, to go along with Torian Prince and I want to say that maybe Jerry Vanderbilt was that fifth starter, Uh, but no, 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 Austin Reeves was the fifth starter. They brought him back. Torian Prince started instead of Vanderbilt, so you had Uh, Russell Reeves in the backcourt with Torian Prince, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis up front. But all those guys are going to get minutes. Uh, I think this Lakers roster is better than it was to start last year. Uh, They finally have a little bit of a team with pieces together. But the question is always going to be, can Anthony Davis stay healthy? Uh, The answer is usually no, but how much time is he going to miss? LeBron James has been you know, he's been in this league twenty plus years now and so he's going to get shook up at times. He's gonna miss some time. So uh, you know, everybody says he's a workout warrior, he does everything he can to keep himself in good shape, but uh father time is undefeated, so uh how much can he stay on the court and you know, when the Lakers have to go without one of these guys can you know, can they limit having to go without both of them first of all? And then, you know, uh, how do they compensate for the loss of one of these guys? They were the third best team in the league after the trade last year. And then, I mean, the matchups fell just right for them in the playoffs. Let's be honest. They got Memphis who was going through their set of turmoil. Um, and so they get them and then they get uh, Golden State, and they were able to, uh, to pull that out uh, to make it to the, conference finals where they got swept away by uh, the Denver Nuggets. So this was a Lakers team, though, that even though the matchups did fall right for them last year, uh, you know, for a team that you wondered a lot of the year, if they would even be a playoff team, uh, they definitely were able to make a decent accounting for themselves until they got to that last series. So, I mean, you can make a case for all five of these teams in that Pacific division, Kings, Warriors, Clippers, Uh, Suns, and Lakers to be a possible playoff team. But you only get 10, right? So you look at those five. I talked about three uh, in that Northwest division with Oklahoma City, Minnesota, and Denver. So that gives you eight. And then uh, I talked about at least two in New Orleans and Memphis. And then you got Dallas there. So, I mean, those could be your 10 or 11, you know, your team's competing for those playoff spots, but we'll see. Lots of time to figure that out. Uh, just kind of a little shot around the NBA real quick uh, as we get started. Now, we got the World Series coming up uh, starting tomorrow night. What a crazy matchup, man. Like, I, There's a couple things I want to say just on this in general, but first of all, shout out to Breaking News, Brian Hughes, you know, I thought that Texas had a chance in game six with Evaldi versus Valdez. I kind of like that pitching matchup. But Houston had not played well at home. All playoffs. And breaking news came on the show on Sunday and said he thought that Houston could win them, that Texas could win them both. And he said don't rule out Arizona going to Philadelphia. And the Philly bats went cold, man. Uh, in the last couple of games, Bryce Harper and Trey Turner a combined 0 for 15. Nick Castellanos hit a home run in his first at bat of the League Championship Series, and then uh, pretty much had an over uh, the rest of the way. So, not a good Championship Series for Castellanos. Schwarber uh, was better, but a lot of Phillies home runs were solo home runs. But this team was not as hot as they were in the previous series against the Atlanta Braves, um, and then they weren't able to close the deal. Uh, The Diamondbacks got back to playing Diamondback baseball. They hit a couple home runs in game six. uh, But they, you know, they got on base. They ran. They stole bases. They put pressure on the defense. Speed doesn't really go into a slump. Uh, Corbin Carroll, who's likely to be the rookie of the year in the National League, went three for three with a steal uh, in that game, in game seven in Philadelphia. And it's crazy to think that in the 140-plus years of their existence, the Philadelphia Phillies have never as a franchise played in a Game 7 at all. Well, uh, (laughs) they wish they had been able to close the deal in Game 6 and not have to play in this one either uh, because they were not able to close the deal and the Arizona Diamondbacks advanced to the World Series. And this is interesting. This is, you really haven't seen anything like this. Last team to get in the playoffs, number six seed. Uh, this was, I mean, honestly, uh, a team that had to play another series first just to get there. But they did, and they got in. And then, uh, you know, Philly was a six seed last year, but Arizona 84 wins. You know, the, the Braves, by example, won 20 more games in the regular season than the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, but, you know, they're the last team to make it in the playoffs and to go all the way to the World Series, proving that it's not the best team over the course of six months, always, that wins. A lot of times it's the best team in October. Baseball is a difficult sport. you got to get hot. Um, and, you know, hitting a round ball with a round bat, when that ball's breaking and moving and darting and going 100 miles an hour, and you've got to look at several different guys or several different arm angles over the course of a, of a game. It's one of the hardest things to do in sports. And, you know, Philly made it look easy uh, in the wild card round, in the division series, in the first two games of the league championship series. And then the odds kind of caught up with them. But, you know, it, it puts me in a mindset, you know, we've had a few other examples. Uh, but not quite to this extreme. But, you know, the Atlanta Braves were either the least likely or the second-least likely team to win a World Series two years ago, and they were able to close the deal and win. Uh, you know, the the Rockies, one year they went to the World Series, and also the Red Sox in the World Series. But they go to the World Series on the strength of winning like 19 out of 20 or 20 out of 21 or something to close the season. Uh, The Minnesota Twins, when they won in 87, and then again in 91, they did have the best record in the league, uh, but they were able to get hot and win in the playoffs when it counted. So, you know, the St. Louis Cardinals won the World Series one year and were not one of the best teams uh, all year, but they got hot in October. It's happened uh, many a time. Uh, You know, last year the Astros happened to have the best record in the – American League and it's kind of a rarity for that number 1 seed to go all the way through and win. I mean, you think about the Dodgers have one title during the COVID year and they've been in the playoffs 10 11 straight years. Uh, so the Giants beat out the Dodgers by one game and they lost in the wild card uh well, they they beat out the Dodgers by a game for that division, and then they lost in the in the series too. So just a couple of years ago, so it, you just never know uh, how it's going to fall in September. Uh, the United States has won one World Baseball Classic, maybe maybe two, but not many. I mean, when you look at all the players that we can roll out there, uh, this is truly an international game, and it's not always the team with the most major leaguers that has won that thing. Uh, so Japan won it again this year. Japan's won that World Baseball Classic now three times. Uh, I know for sure. They won the first two, and then they won this one. I think the Dominican and the U.S. won the other two uh, in the World Baseball Classic. So uh, just who's hot? And shout-out to – so we talk about Arizona. To me, uh, big keys for them in this series coming up. Uh, Zach Gallen, who pitched okay and in the LCS, but lost twice to Zach Wheeler. Merrill Kelly pitched really well in game six, uh, five innings, eight strikeouts, that bullpen got it done. And that's not a bullpen that brings a lot of heat. Uh, they, they have good control. They got pitches that move. But that's not a bullpen that brings a lot of heat. So we will see with the, as on the Diamondbacks, how the Rangers handled that bullpen. So, but for me, with, with the Diamondbacks, keys to this World Series, uh, Corbin Carroll has to be that fire starter at the top of that order. Ketel Marte is a good player that a lot of people don't really know. Uh, but you know, he hit 400 in the right at 400 in the championship series. He's another guy at the top of that order. Uh, it's got to bring it for them, but that Diamondbacks team just has to keep making contact, cutting down on strike, uh, keep the strikeouts down, uh, run. When they get on base, put pressure on that, uh, On Jonah Heim and that Rangers catcher and that entire Rangers pitching staff, uh, they're going to (laughs) have to—they're going to paper cut you to death, to be honest with you. Uh, But that is a—you know—that's a team that can do it. So, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks will open up the World Series tomorrow night in Texas. And let's talk about this Texas Rangers team. It's the team that—you know—my co-host Chandler Knight talked about at the beginning of the year. He said they're going to be in the League Championship Series at least. But Bruce Bochy coming to manage that team, he knows how to handle a pitching uh, and this team's going to be good. Tanner called it. Uh, This is a World Series team now. Listen, they led the majority of the season in that American League West. And then uh, late, they kind of faded. Uh, Max Scherzer went down. They got him at the deadline. He went down. uh, But Jordan Montgomery's been a big pickup for them, and he's pitched really well in the postseason, but just looking at that team, uh, Corey Seager was out for a period of time, but when he's in that lineup, he can rake. Uh, Adolis Garcia missed some time late in the year due to injury, and even though Adolis, we're going to talk about him a little bit more in a minute, the fact that he went down late in the year is what caused them to bring up Evan Carter, and Evan Carter is a true 5 tool player. He's playing left field now because of Leone, Tavares, in center field, but Evan Carter could be a center fielder as well. True five-tool guy, young guy, 21 years old, hitting third uh, for that team uh, against right-handed pitching. So uh, that's a really interesting uh, pickup Uh, for them as he's come up through that system, another wave of those young players for uh, the Texas Rangers to go along with Josh Young at third base and Jonah Heim uh, behind the plate. But Adolis Garcia, uh, he's kind of the equivalent and even better what Jordan Alvarez brought for Houston. Adolis Garcia in this seven-game series uh, set a record for most ever RBIs in a seven-game series. This is even after being hit, hit a couple big home runs, uh, multiple home runs in a couple different games. But what a huge series for for Adolis. Uh, Garcia was the MVP of the American League Championship Series and deservedly so. He was a guy that really showed flashes last year. His older brother, years ago, played third base in a little outfield, Adonis Garcia, for the Atlanta Braves, and then went somewhere else and ended up being out of baseball, but Adonis is the truth, uh, and he uh, he brings a punch to the middle of that Texas Rangers uh, batting order, so uh, can he keep it going in the World Series? Um, what can they, you know, to me, their best two pure hitters are at the top of that order, and Simeon and, and Seeger. that middle infield that they spent so much money on. But then you got Carter, and you got Adolis Garcia, and you got uh, Jonah Heim. And Mitch Garver, man. Mitch Garver's always been a hitter. Uh, Minnesota Twin there for a long time. Uh he was a guy that fought injuries, uh, but he's always really been able to hit. And Mitch Garver, I, I love seeing him have success as well uh, for this Rangers team. So uh, Garver in the middle of that order as well. Then you got Nathaniel Lowe. Uh, this is a a really interesting uh, Rangers team, and they're going to be uh, you know a lot of fun to watch to see what they can get done. Uh, in the postseason, so keeping an eye out for them, I expect them against the right-hander to go uh, Simeon at second, and, and Tiger at short, and then Evan Carter, probably bat third in left field, Adonis Garcia will probably be your cleanup guy right there. Uh, Mitch Garber will probably hit uh, fifth and be the designated hitter for most of that series. Jonah Heim behind the plate with a bottom three of their batting order, probably of Nathaniel Lowe in the seven spot, Josh Young, eighth, and Leody Tavares uh, batting ninth. But Jordan Montgomery, Nathan Yvaldi, what can they get out of Max Scherzer? Uh, this team, they went into Houston and they left no doubt. Uh, in game six, they just blew them out of the water. It was a close game until late, and they broke it open. Uh, game seven, sort of the same thing. Houston Texas got three in the first. Houston got one back, but that was it. Uh, and uh, Scherzer pitched a little better than he did in game three. Uh, but that is huge for the Texas Rangers, man. They, they were in game five in Texas in a 2-2 series. They hit a home run late to take a lead. And then, uh, you know, Jose Altuve came up. He had been 0 for 4 and only faced five pitches and hit a, a big-time home run. Uh, for the Rangers, for the Astros, late in that game, for them to sweep all three games uh, at Globe Life, and so it looked like the Rangers were on the ropes, and they were able to bounce back and win this thing. So I, you know, uh, you could have won a lot of money if you're going to Vegas and bet the Rangers and the Diamondbacks in the World Series this year. This was not a a probable matchup. Both these teams are wild cards. Uh, you know, a lot of people thought these teams would be improved, and they were on that list of teams to look out for. But um, if anybody tells you they had Diamondbacks Rangers in the uh, preseason as the as the World Series uh, matchup, they're lying to you. So uh, that's that's part of the fun of baseball. One of the things that makes it uh, even more complicated. You can sometimes have the most talent, but it's all about how you're seeing the ball. Uh, you know what kind of calls you get, and you know if you can get pitches to fall in. So uh, we talked about many times what kind of offensive Atlanta Braves had this year, uh, equal in the Minnesota twins offense from four years ago, and that 307 home runs, um, you know, the Phillies, how good they looked offensively leading up and they couldn't, uh, close the deal. So, uh, it's an interesting matchup. I'll be curious to see what the ratings look like. I know Houston's always been supposed to be there, but Dallas is a big market and Phoenix is a big market. And, uh, you know, I, I'm curious to see what the ratings look like for this World Series, but I think it'll be fun. Uh, we, The Diamondbacks, that was their first ever Game 7 since 2001 when they won that game against the Yankees with the uh, hit by Luis Gonzalez that scored Tony Womack to knock off the Bronx Bombers in the World Series, so... They're back again. This is only their second trip to the World Series, and they won it the first time they went. You know, the Rangers were really close a few years ago uh, against the Cardinals. and weren't able to close the deal, but it's been over a decade since they've been there. And both of these teams with 100-plus losses just two years ago. So, you get the right people in place, and you get the right uh, players, and you get hot at the right time. Uh, You can definitely go from worst to first, or from really bad to pretty good, just in the span of a couple of years. So, uh, this is going to be a very interesting World Series matchup. I, I'll i be honest, Sports City, I'm going to be petty here and sort of start a fire. There are a lot of Phillies fans talking a lot, a lot, of, a lot of trash to the Braves after that series, and kind of deservedly so, uh, but I felt like it went over the top. I was getting messages from people saying, oh, enjoy opening day uh, when you come to Philadelphia and you get to see us get our World Series rings and, and so on and so forth as well. Uh, it did not come to pass for them, but make no mistake, Philly will be back next year. I think Atlanta will be in contention as well, but there's other teams up and coming. So, uh, World Series coming up. I, you know, I want to say with home field, I want to pick the Rangers. I kind of like their staff a little bit better, uh, but it's going to be close. I'm going to pick the Rangers in six, but I don't. I don't really know. Uh you know, don't bet on baseball kids. Uh it's not one of the easiest sports to uh to bet on. So uh that'll be a lot of fun. Uh college football, just a couple of things wanted to cover right there real quick. Uh this Michigan science dealing scandal, uh listen, uh, It's going to be interesting to see what the NCAA does with this. I feel like Jim Harbaugh has sort of escaped on a lot of things in the past. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there and and how this sort of pans out Uh, for the Michigan program. um, They look like the best team in the country right now, but they haven't really played anybody. So we'll find out in October. They get Penn State, who didn't impress me against Ohio State, and they also get Ohio State to close the season. So – Uh, We will find out. They will kind of get tested there. Uh, But there's a few teams undefeated still. Georgia who's looked good some weeks and not others. Uh, Florida State still undefeated. Sitting there right now the Washington Huskies are undefeated and so are the uh, Oklahoma Sooners. You have uh, Ohio State still undefeated as well. So uh, lots of uh, several teams still without without a loss uh, in that playoff picture. Only four teams this year for the last time. A couple of teams with one loss can still definitely uh, be heard from. Uh, the Texas Longhorns only have one loss so far this year. Alabama Crimson Tide have one loss so far this year. Uh, let's see. Uh, Oregon Ducks are really the team that that jumps out to me, um, for sure, as another one-loss team that uh, still has a lot to you know, has a lot to play for. Uh, Texas and Oregon both have the opportunity to rematch against the team that beat them uh, during the regular season. You still got a one-loss Miami team. You still have uh, you know a couple other teams with two losses already. Probably already played their way out in Notre Dame, LSU, USC, a few other teams that have kind of played their way out of this discussion. But I will say this: I I think that with his a couple bad weeks, I think Caleb Williams has probably played his way out of winning the Heisman. I believe that uh, the standard was going to be higher for him than even any first-time winners because it's been so rare that they've given. The Heisman to two people uh, to one person in back to back years. As a Matter of fact, it's only happened once with Archie Griffin. So, I think the standard was going to be higher for him anyway. Uh, but with the game that he had against Notre Dame, the and his other perform his last couple of performances, I think that uh, Caleb Williams is uh, and against Utah, Caleb Williams is definitely probably not in this uh, discussion anymore. So. We will see how that turns out. Michael Penix with four turnovers. Washington eked out that game, but it wasn't pretty uh, for them. Uh, Breaking news: said that UCLA is the best team in the Pac-12. They also lost to Utah earlier this year, so we'll see uh, what happens there. I think Washington plays pretty good defense too. It's kind of sad the Pac-12 is going away. Uh, They, it's some compelling, compelling football. Uh, in that conference so far this year, and still a lot of things to shake out. As USC still gets to play Oregon and Washington, uh, you could see Oregon and Washington match up again. UCLA gets to play a few of these teams still, and Utah does as well. You know, a lot of talk about Coach Prime and uh, what he's done in Colorado. Of course, with their recent loss to Stanford, who then turned around and got beat by forty-two to seven by USC. Uh, Not a good book for the Colorado Buffaloes, uh, but we'll see how the rest of their season shakes out. I think they got UCLA next, so uh, it's going to be tough for Deion Sanders in Colorado. Uh, I'm going to make a case here in Sports City, and I know I'm a fan of this team, but I think that Jaden Daniels has to get serious consideration in this Heisman conversation. Uh, he's one of the few quarterbacks, one of only a handful, uh, to pass for 10,000 total yards and run for 2,000. Uh, it's a shame that the LSU defense has been as bad as it has been. Uh, they have also been trying to figure out a few things on the offensive line, but I think they got that worked out. But the defense has just not been very good. I mean, listen, they they lost the game to Ole Miss 55-49 uh, to 49 or something. In a game in which they had 650 plus yards of offense, um, they they did lose to Florida State uh, and and really kind of got manhandled in the fourth quarter. Kind of much like what happened to Duke, to be honest with you. Uh, but that defense is just not very good, and their offense is operating at a very very high level of the country in explosive plays of more than 20 yards. Um, Their third down rate is extremely high. Jaden Daniels completing more than 70% of his passes. He, this past weekend, did not play a full game, but he's uh, one game shy of matching Joe Burrow for uh, 400-yard games uh, in an LSU uniform. Uh, You know, I said this the other day uh, when I went a little too long on the time of Sunday morning brunch. So right now on my own show, Roundtable Gumball, i got a little bit more time to expound on this. Uh, but what LSU is doing offensively and what Jaden Daniels is doing is impressive. And shame on you LSU fans who keep wanting to see Garrett Nussmeyer. Uh, yeah, he's going to be there. You've still got a couple years of him. But early on in the year they were saying, well, Jaden doesn't look like he's improved at all. You're not watching. Uh, you're not watching at all. Uh, Jaden is pulling up and throwing the ball down the field. He's really pushing the ball. He's not just dinking and dunking to get his yards. Uh, that's the special offense that LSU has. Now, how they match up against Alabama, we'll see that Alabama is going to be the toughest defense they faced all year. Florida's going to be pretty good on defense, and so is A&M. and m um, probably rivals. Alabama as far as talent, but just the the execution and the way Nick Saban's defense runs, uh, that's going to be a big test for Jaden Daniels and LSU. And that is their next game after a bye week this weekend. They play in Tuscaloosa against Alabama a week from this Saturday night, 745 Eastern, uh, the last time that that game will be on CBS. So we will see. Uh, Jaden Daniels has a chance to continue to make his case. Uh, for the Heisman Trophy. But he's playing at a very, very high level. And for a school that for the longest time had a tough time getting a quarterback under last Miles, and for years after, I mean, listen, there were some guys that were able to do okay. But we had Rohan Davey, who was really good. And then Jamarcus Russell was there. Uh, Matt Flynn backed him up and was part of that national championship team. They were supposed to have Colt McCoy, but Saban came in. They got Ryan Perlew. He had a lot of talent, but he got kicked off the team. And after that, you had guy, Louisiana guys who were highly talented but never got it done. You could argue the coaching didn't help them either, but uh, Jordan Jefferson, Justin's oldest brother. Uh, you had Brandon Harris, who was a Louisiana kid. Uh, at one point after Parlow left, you had a Harper, uh, Harvard transfer that started a few games uh, they had Jared Lee. They had uh of so Zach Mettenberger played pretty good uh, when he was at LSU, but he was kind of a statue. But uh, he should have been able to play pretty well when you had Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry both at wide receiver. Uh, but Zach Mettenberger put up some numbers, and that was the most explosive quarterback they had uh, for several years. And then it's interesting because it, – you know, the numbers say that the Purdue da- uh, transfer, Danny Etling, who is the quarterback, was the first, uh, first year there as the full-time head coach. Played decent football for LSU and put up decent numbers, but uh, not the same. Uh, Danny Etling did do some things in the NFL preseason. But then they got Joe Burrow in there. He played really well. His first year is pretty good, but continued to progress. They saw some toughness. And then, of course, that 2019 offense was something special. Well, this offense in 2023 in some ways really rivals that one. may not be quite as explosive and and quite as good. You don't have quite as many first-round talents. But there's some special players on that team, Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas, Jr. at the wide receiver position. Even their backups at receiver are pretty deep right now. Pretty good offensive line. Lots of good running backs. Uh, that's a that's a really good offense executing at a very high level and playing some very good football and so as an LSU fan who hasn't been able to see quality offense in many years it was always <laughs> can our uh, offense do enough because we know the defensive play is going to be there so I wish we had one of those vintage LSU defenses this year because of the offense that they have uh, they could really contend for something but uh, you know, we'll see. All of its goals are still in front, of them, in front of them right now as far as even having a chance to play for the conference championship. But I think that even if they were somehow to go there and win the conference title with two losses, I don't think you get in the playoffs. Because quite honestly, the SEC just has not been as good this year um, as it has in years past. So um, this year you got a couple teams in the Big Ten, with everything you've gotten from the Pac-12, um, and then you got a couple teams in the Big 12 in Oklahoma and Texas that are going to be right there. And then, like I said, uh, Florida State with what they're doing in the ACC. Um, you got Miami and North Carolina, both with one loss still over there. So, uh, I, it, to me, if Georgia goes undefeated and wins the championship, they're going to make the playoffs. Even if there's five or six undefeated teams, they're not going to leave out the two-time defending champs. Uh and I think if Alabama or were to go all the way through with one loss, they may have a chance as well to at least make the playoffs. But to me, uh you're gonna have to have one loss or less out of the SEC to possibly make the playoffs. Um, because looking at what this team did what this conference did against other conference against other conferences, like outside of the conference. Uh, this is a down year for the SEC for a couple of different reasons, I think. And I'm not making excuses. I'm just pointing out facts. Uh, you got a lot of uh, new quarterbacks in the conference. You only had three or four returning guys at the quarterback position. Um, and so that plays a hand in it, I think. Also, another thing that plays a, a hand in sort of evening out a lot of this in college football is the transfer portal. You know, there's a time that if you went to a university, you were going to have to for sure sit out a year if you transferred. So even if you were not able to play, uh, you would wait your turn. And there are still some guys that will, but also with you being able to transfer at one time without any penalty, if you see, oh, this person is either favored by the coach or maybe better than me, or I'm not going to get it on the field, maybe I should be, or you don't think you're being treated fairly, everybody can transfer at once. And so – You schools can, you know, hit that transfer window and try to remake their team. Florida State's uh, gotten a lot of guys out of the portal. They're one of many schools. Obviously, Colorado got a ton. Uh, But, you know, LSU has had to supplement their roster because they were down to 39 scholarship players
1: uh, in Ed Ogiron's
0: last bowl game that he didn't even coach. So, uh, with you, with the transfer portal and what it has done uh, for college football, some guys aren't waiting their turn anymore. And so it is allowing the talent to more evenly disperse across the country. And so I, I think that we're about to hit a point where you're not going to see one conference in the championship game 13 out of 17 years or – or winning that many championships over the course of of that big a chunk of time. It's just not going to happen. Um, so I think you're going to see more parity. But there's, you know, the, the whole thing is going to change next year with a lot of the realignment with Washington and Oregon and, and uh, USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten. And then the Big 12 adding, you know, the two Arizona schools in Utah to go along with, uh, the schools they just picked up and then obviously o- SEC adding Texas and Oklahoma uh, things are going to get really interesting over the next, uh, over the next few. Over the, over the next uh, couple of years. So we will see what happens there. Uh, but I think one conference being able to dominate is not going to be at as much of a thing anymore. I just don't think it's going to be as possible uh, to do that. So uh, college football is going to be different. I don't, I don't think that anybody can really predict exactly how it's going to fall out. And then I'm also wondering, you know, how the other sports are going to survive, to be honest with you. Uh, with these conferences going by coastal. But we will see. Uh, you know, football is what pays all the bills. Um, you know, Barry and I uh shout out to Barry. Uh, but we we have uh, had conversations about
1: with with
0: all the streaming and everything going on, are are they gonna be able to, you know, keep this uh up and you you're not gonna have the regional sports network surcharges for a lot longer and you know, you're not gonna have as many people doing that anymore. So we'll see uh how that worked out. We'll we'll see what turns out there. I I'm I'm not sure. I there there's gonna be some subscriptions to streaming and whatever else. Uh, you know some people think the money's not going to dry up and that it's always going to be there but i think there's going to be some questions uh, as far as how we consume it you know you look at anybody that that has direct tv dish network any kind of cable provider comcast anything else you pay on top of what your monthly rate is you're paying 20 something dollars for a local broadcaster charge um, and that's not the same but you're paying a regional sports network surcharge which was just 2 and 3 dollars just a couple of years ago i saw it at 14 dollars in one place and recently set somebody up and it was 9 dollars in that area so this regional sports network surcharge is ranging anywhere from pretty much now from 6 7 dollars to as high as 14 15 dollars extra on top of your actual rates of your cable bill. And this is the money that is going to these networks, like the ESPNs and, like, what was the Valley Sports Networks and whatever else. A portion of this is going to all these guys. And if you're streaming, like, through YouTube TV and certain other uh, providers now, that surcharge is not there. So, uh, you know... Uh, we'll see how that pans out I'm, I'm just not sure uh, You know, Spectrum is a major cable company in this country And in a dispute uh, at the beginning of the season uh, Spectrum didn't want to pay the increased rates to ESPN uh, That they wanted And so there was a, If you were a Spectrum television subscriber Spectrum or a charter, You did not get ESPN or ABC affiliates an opening weekend of college football. And that made a lot of people mad. Even the second weekend, it was done just in time for Monday Night Football for the beginning of the NFL uh, regular season. So now they have their college football back. But this is not uncommon. It's happened in areas before. Um, And so we will see, you know, how that how that takes out but i i definitely have questions as to how these bills are going to continue to get paid and or you know how these networks are going to get their money and you know once they start having discussions or arguments with youtube tv and some of these other providers does a, a surcharge start getting passed on to customers because you know satellite tv was cheaper for a while And then those fees caught up to them as well. So uh, as we, as sports fans, change the way we consume the sport, we're not consuming it just from your cable providers anymore. uh, And it's being done through YouTube TV and other platforms. We'll see how that pans out. I do believe that what you're going to start seeing is like Major League Baseball started doing it, a lot of them started offering their own streaming packages where you pay directly to them. Uh, So that helps with some of these things, but, you know, I'm not sure that you're going to see continually increasing TV contracts. Uh, The SEC signed a huge one, but the Pac-12 couldn't get as big a one together as the Big Ten just signed. And you can argue that that led to the disbandment of the conference. So uh, there's a lot at play, and I don't think anybody truly knows. People think they do. But I don't think anybody truly knows how that's going to shake out. So um, that bears keeping an eye on as we expand now to the conference realignments, the 12-team playoffs. So we got the World Series coming up tomorrow night, Friday, Saturday, games one and two. Games three, four, five will be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then games six and seven will be Friday, Saturday of the following week. Uh, NBA getting into full effect. College football week nine coming up this weekend. World's largest cocktail party, Georgia, Florida. Uh, other games being played. Um, and NFL, week nine coming up. Can the Lions bounce back? Can the 49ers bounce back? Can the Saints find a way to win the Colts? I don't know. Uh, lots of big games happening. Tampa Bay and Buffalo playing right now. Lakers and Suns playing later on the night. Shout out. Check out the website, sportscitychefs.com. Uh, shout out to the chefs. Check out our shows all throughout the week. And tell a friend to tell a friend that it's a chef's again. And if they don't know, now they know. We will talk to you again on Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, for the timeless Sunday morning brunch. As I like to say, as I close out every week, laissez les bonnes temps rouler. Check it out, at Sports City. Talk to you very soon.